Welcome to Iro Live with host Bob Bay. Let me tell you a story. Who's heard the soaring like an eagle story? Good. Two people. Back many years ago, before I could even play the guitar, I knew God was real. But the way other people hung out with God was different than the way I hung out with God. All right. I was part of this little church, actually down South Broadway, past the firehouse and all of that. It was a little storefront church. There was a dozen and a half of us, I guess. And I loved going down there because there were people like me hanging out out in the community. And I could relate to them. And I would go out and I would talk to them about God. I didn't know anything about God, but I would talk to them about what God had done in my life, about how he had changed things in my life. But I was still like five minutes out of drug addiction. But I was learning that the drugs were just a symptom of all this other stuff going on in my life. You guys, when we would be doing church down there, the music sometimes would last for 45 minutes. And they would sing the same thing over and over and over. And they would be like, I would just be like, can we just get on with it? I wanted to hear what the answer was. I wanted somebody to tell me, what's the solution to my problems? Because I'm jacked up. I need to know. I need somebody to tell me how to not be jacked up. And all of this singing is getting in the way of that. Don't get me wrong. There were times where I would feel something. Something would be going on on the inside, and I'd be like, what's that? You know. There was a sister church to this one out in St. James, and so every once in a while we would go out there. But so we go out to this church out in St. James, and they're singing this song. And the pastor of the church was a, a lady pastor, she would have this tambourine and she had this big wooden pulpit and she would beat that thing on the, to the music and everything. We're singing this song, Soar Like an Eagle. I will soar like an eagle. I will soar like an eagle. I will soar like an eagle in him. Pretty close, right? And we just kept singing that thing over and over. Now, there's a scriptural reference to that because we will rise up like eagles. When Jesus does stuff in us, it gives us strength and it changes our heart and it causes us to rise up in life. And so that was the point they're trying to get across. I'm going to soar like an eagle instead of hanging out with the turkeys. But it's going on and on. And this is what I would end up doing because I'm pretty ADD-ish, guys. If I sit still for very long and I'm not engaged, my mind's going everywhere else. But so I was sitting here. I was kind of in the back. It was about this big of an area. And I'm sitting in the back and I'm just thinking, when is this ever going to be over? We've been singing the same song for like 10 minutes. But I'm thinking to myself, because these people are going like this, I will soar like an eagle. I will soar like an eagle. And I'm thinking, they are goofy looking. Why are they doing that? That is goofy. And so I'm, I start thinking, you know, we're in church. God wouldn't want people to act and be acting goofy like that. And it was like, it wasn't an audible voice like a burning bush experience. But I felt on the inside of me a knowing, and it was God's voice on the inside of me. And this is what it said. How would you know what I would want people to act like in church? And so I kind of stopped for a minute. And this is the crazy thing. I start having a conversation in my head with God 
at first I think I'm just thinking this stuff, but then I realize this ain't me. I'm having a conversation and I'm kind of crazy. So I talk to myself all the time, but this is not the same as talking to myself. And I'm like, well, no, these people are acting all crazy and everything and soaring like an eagle. We just need to get on with this. We need to get on with what's going on. But then I started realizing, you know what? I spend all of my time worrying about what people think of me. I spend so much time worrying about what people think of me and other people's opinions. And I was very judgmental. I spent a lot of time worrying about what other people were doing, being judgmental about other people. All of this is going on, and they're singing this song and everything, and then suddenly it's like I started thinking, you know, I wish I had enough in me to where I could stand up and do that. I don't want to do that, but I wish I was brave enough to do that, to actually do that. And so it was like, well, do it. Stand up and do it. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to look stupid. You ever have a conversation with yourself about stuff like that? Well, I'm not going to do that. that that'd be stupid. I'm thinking, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to look stupid. Well, why? Why would, any, why would you think any of these people would think you look stupid? They're doing it. You know, it's this kind of thing. I don't remember word for word exactly what I was thinking, but it was along that lines. But so all of a sudden, it's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to stand up and soar like an eagle. I'm going to do it. I don't care anymore. I don't care because I had spent so much of my life worrying about what other people think and missing out on good things in my life because of worrying about what other people think. And so I, I got it. I was ready. I was ready to soar like an eagle. I stood up. You know, everybody else is already standing up. I stood up. There was about 30 people in there. There was like our dozen, and then there were like 15 or so. And uh, I stood up. I'm ready to soar like an eagle. And guess what? They stopped playing. And I thought, you know what? This ain't, this ain't fair. This is just another time where I miss out, where I'm stuck again. I waited too long. I wasn't blaming them. I was blaming me because of the way I felt. I was worried because I was like, I missed out again. I messed it up. And so this voice on the inside of me says, go ask him to sing it again so you can soar. I'm not doing that. Yeah, go ask him again. I have this conversation for a minute or two in my, in my head. And so I ended up walking down there and I walk up to the pastor. She had a microphone in her hand and I walk up to the pastor I thought, man, she's going to tell me to go sit down. Who, what, who do I think I am walking up there in the middle of all of this? I walk up. She puts the microphone behind her back so that nobody can hear. And I gave her like a 10-sentence explanation of, listen, I wanted to soar like an eagle, but I was too afraid because I was worried about what people would think. But I don't want to spend my life worrying about what people think anymore. I want to be able to soar and be where I, want to, I should be without having to worry about other people's opinions. And I wanted to know if we could do that again. And she said, well, sure. First, tell everybody what you just told me. Put the microphone in my face. And so I said, I wanted to soar like an eagle, but I was too embarrassed because I was afraid that, you know, of what you guys would think of me because I was being judgmental about what you guys were doing. And you know what we did? We soared. I soared like an eagle. I looked just as goofy as the rest of them. <laughs> I will soar like an eagle. I will soar. We're not going to do it. Just relax. Oh, Pam wanted to soar. 
But so this is the way God talks to me. He takes these things when I'm going through, because I'm just a normal person, right? I'm just a normal person, a regular, not normal, maybe. Maybe I'm not normal, (laughs) but I'm a regular person, just like everybody else. I have my fears and my concerns, my worries about things, just like everybody else. But the thing is, is when I hit that point, I have learned through the years to quiet myself and that God will speak to me and guide me through the situation. And that's really what we've been talking about for the last several months is this idea. We were using the Bible story about the children of Israel wandering when they left Egypt. If you guys remember the story about Moses leading the children of Israel through the wilderness and about how we all are on a wilderness journey in our lives. And we had come up because the unfortunate part of that story is that they were heading to the promised land, but when they got to the edge of the Jordan River and they were getting ready to cross over into all the promises God had for them, it was a land flowing with milk and honey. They got afraid and they were too afraid to cross over. And they said, we can't do it. It's too scary. The people there are too big. We're like grasshoppers in their, in their sight. That's what the term that they used. And they got afraid. And so they had to go back out into the wilderness. And they wandered around for 40 years in the wilderness until that generation died off. And the next generation came to the edge again and was faced with that same choice. Will I trust God and cross over into all that God has for me? Will I soar like an eagle? Or because of fear, because of shame, because of regret, because of unforgiveness, because of all of this stuff, will I stay stuck where I'm at and end up going back out into the wilderness, into the desert, and wandering around for 40 years? until the next generation comes. In my life, my oldest daughter was 18 months old when I quit doing drugs, and tomorrow she turns 37. It's crazy, because I had no idea then what I was doing. I didn't understand that one day she would be grown up. And because of what I did, what I did would determine the choices that she had when she grew up. That's pretty heavy, isn't it? That's pretty heavy. The choices I made at that time when she was little determined what she would go through. And you know what? Her and her husband live in a bigger house than I do. Got two great kids, 13-year-old and a 7-year-old. They've been married forever. And they will never know what it's like to struggle with addiction. They don't know. Now, she remembers what I was like in the beginning because it didn't happen overnight. It took a while for me to get unjacked up. (laughs) Like I said, that story about the song and about bouncing that check and all of that, I was still doing that stuff when they got older. So it took a while. But that's why I do this. Because I want to tell other people, you don't have to do that. You don't have to stay stuck there. There is an answer. There is something else you can do. I'm going to read something out of the Bible here, and I'm going to talk about it for just a second. I'm in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and we took this detour 
because Moses and the children of Israel realized that they needed the Spirit of God dwelling in them to make it through this adventure in the wilderness. And so we started talking about that in verse, it's chapter 1, verse 27. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty and the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring nothing, the things that are. What that means is when Jesus came, he could have chose like all the people, the chief priest and all the people in the temple and all that, but he didn't. He chose the misfits and the outcasts. If you can imagine like what would be, you know, we make jokes about lawyers now and about the dregs of society and about how crooked lawyers are and all that. Well, back then, tax collectors were even worse than when we make fun of lawyers. They were horrible people. He chose tax collectors. He would, Jesus would sit and eat with prostitutes, thieves, all this kind of stuff. And he hung out with them. He didn't partake in what they were doing, but he hung out with them because he wanted to choose the people that other people didn't choose. He wanted to choose the people, I'm not trying to put you guys in a category, but he wanted to choose people like me, like the person I was. I was the lowly. I wasn't that smart. I barely scraped through high school. I had to take extra classes to be able to graduate because of my ADD. And uh, I think I graduated with a C minus average. And I wasn't that smart. But he wanted something more for me than just a normal, average, everyday life. And he sure didn't want me stuck in addiction. But so that's what he's saying. And it says that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God. And that is one of the names of, of Jesus' wisdom. He is wisdom. And righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That is, as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. Now I want to reread those words. He became wisdom, and he allowed righteousness and sanctification and redemption. And that's what Jesus is all about. And what is that? Righteousness just basically means in right standing with God. And we can't do it. You guys, if it was left to me to be good enough, for God to call me his own, for God to say I'm a child of God, if it was left up to me to be good enough, I wouldn't make it. I wouldn't be counted. It's just the way it is. None of us would. Nobody would. The Bible says no one is good. No, not one. But see, that's the whole thing. God takes the responsibility for it. And he says, listen, just like a parent, right? A parent will love you and they will try and coach you through things. Try and teach you and steer you through things. And God, being a perfect parent, wants to guide you through life and help you achieve all that you can achieve. Be your best you you can be. That's what God wants. You need to be in right standing with God, but that's the thing. He says, well, you can't do it on your own, so I'll take care of it. All you have to do is just trust me. I'll take care of it. You trust me, I'll take care of it. That's pretty easy, right? Just trust me, I'll take care of it. All he says is, trust me, I'll take care of it. And then sanctification means just being set apart. That means that 
He'll do things in us so that we don't have to live the way we used to live. He'll take care of that stuff. And then redemption is being redeemed. After everything that I did, there is no earthly reason why I should have what I have, should have the family that I have, or have the opportunities that I have. And I'm not, I'm not rich by any stretch of imagination, not even close. But I don't have to worry about anything anymore. I don't have to connive and fuss and scheme and do all of that stuff. I'm not saying that for me. I'm saying that's what God wants for each of us. He wants us to be able to live life without having to worry about all of that. He doesn't want us to live worrying about bills. He doesn't want us worrying about what we're going to do next. He doesn't want us worrying about what's my purpose. He doesn't want us stuck in regret from the past or fear about what's going to happen in the future. And all he asks for us is that we just trust him. Just trust him. Thanks for listening. Please comment and subscribe for upcoming podcasts. To order your copy of My Real Life, go to the Take Action page at our website, reallifeministries-stl.com, or go to Real Life Ministries STL on Facebook.